Hey, hey, Cherry Go Lightly here. Welcome to a brand new chapter of Still I Rise. Many of you have been with me since the very beginning. I want to say thank you, and I love you all. Thank you guys for all the support and all the love. It's been two years, and we made it. If you've listened to my previous episodes, you know my story and you know my deal. I'm a single mom with two boys who has overcome narcissistic abuse. The new version of myself has emerged, and I'm excited to share my journey of self-love and self-rediscovery with you all in hopes that I may inspire and or empower those who may need an extra push for motivation or those that are in a rut. I am here to help you regain your confidence and take back your power so you can just grab your water or tea, your favorite drink, and let's talk. I can't wait to share this new chapter with you. Hello and good evening. I'm glad that it's only been a short while. It feels great to be back. I have to say, um, this is like the third time I've recorded this um, actual segment because I'm a little starstruck right now. Um, You guys are probably going to be like, okay, sure thing, Cherry. Well, um, I'm about to nerd out because I have mentioned in my way previous episodes about ASMR and one of my favorite ASM artists, I follow her on um, on social media, and I replied to her story, and I wanted to let her know that during this during the dark times of my life, I did watch her videos, and it helped me get through some dark times of my life. And I just told her, "You are she's so adorable." Her name is Fairy Char. She is the cutest little thing. I mean, if you guys ever watch her ASMR videos, she's so adorable. She's just like this cute little Filipina girl. And (laughs) she's like that friend that you would go to if you were feeling down about anything. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I watch her and I'm like, you know, I would love to be that comforting towards my friends, you know, because there's like ASMR can be you either really like it or you really not dislike it, but you get weirded out by it. I'm a weird character, so I enjoy it. But ASMR has a lot of role playing. Um, You know, a lot of these ASM artists uh, do like scenarios and, you know, um, Fairy Char has like different scenarios where it's like she's inviting you over for, um, you know, for a cup of tea or she's doing your makeup and things like that. And I know you guys are probably weirded out by me right now, but it's okay. Hey, if you've suffered from anxiety or if you've ever felt any sort of loneliness, I'm telling you, watch ASMR. It helps. You know, um, I hate to keep bringing up the past, but just using this as an example, there were times where, you know, my ex would leave and um, do his bad deeds at night and I would be stuck home alone. And, you know, I was already past that phase where I, you know, I didn't want to get in the car and try to drive around town and look for him and blow up his phone. And I, I just needed to find comfort and I was longing for safety elsewhere. So I fell into these ASMR channels and there's so many different, you know, ASMR artists that I love. 
Um, actually, one of the first ones was um, Barry Char that I listened to or watched. And um, there was there's um, ASMR GB. It's spelled G-I-B-I. She is amazing. Um, there's Karuna Satori. Um, there's another one, ASMR Pelagia. And, uh, you know, there's quite a few. I could go on and on and talk to you guys about ASMR. And you guys knew, know that I do have a few ASMR um, episodes on my channel. I'm not sure if I'm going to welcome that back in. But we'll see. You know, who knows? But anyhow, yeah, so she actually answered me back. I mean, it wasn't much. She basically said, thank you so much. But hey, you know, honestly, it's good to know that people that are, you know, are, I like to, I'm, you know, I'm kind of at a loss for words right now. But whenever somebody makes an impact, I really like to acknowledge that. And I really like to let them know what they're doing. I mean, I might be like a little small grain you know, compared to the, you know, the ocean of people that she's impacting. But, you know, it's always good to let somebody know because, you know what, everybody matters. And, you know, if you ever are in that position where you say, ah, you know, they hear this all the time, they don't need to hear it from me, you're basically taking value away from yourself. So, you know what, it's okay, you know, go ahead and tell that person how much they've they've changed your life or how much they've helped you, you know, it's very important that you get that out there. You know, you're basically, um, you know, throwing in some good vibrations and some good energy into the universe and it'll come back to you. You know, it's always great to, you know, to feel good about, you know, just doing things for others. And even if it is, you know, something along those lines of, you know, telling somebody, that is semi, well, that is, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> somebody that's pretty, uh, you know, an influencer, whatever you whatever you want to call them, um, a YouTube artist that you've touched their lives. You never know. You know, these people are also just people. Um, there was also a time I want to share you with you guys a story where, you know, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but just... Uh, a few years back, a young lady, a lovely young lady by the name of Kim Pham was brutally beaten to death in front of the Crosby nightclub over in Santa Ana. And, you know, her sister actually had posted so many good memorabilia on or memories of Kim on Facebook. And it was just so touching. I could feel her sister's pain and you know, um, I did reach out to her, express my condolences and how heartfelt all of her messages were. And so, you know, she actually went out of her way to have lunch with me and, you know, my then ex-husband. And it was very nice to meet her because she was such a lovely person, you know, and um, it was so very... Um, nice to connect with somebody of special, you know, not exactly in those unfortunate circumstances, but you know, it's like when you have a connection with people, even though it's very brief, it's very moving. And, you know, you always remember these experiences for the rest of your life, you know, but, uh, 
it's always good to have connections with people, even if it's for a small, you know, amount of time. But uh, with that being said, I, I do have more things to talk about today. I do want to talk about acceptance and, you know, basically not really focusing your energy on things that don't serve you. So before I get into that, let's get a quick word in from our sponsors and I'll return shortly. I'll see you guys in a bit. Hi, welcome back. So we're going to talk about acceptance, okay? Acceptance is, a lot of people think that it's easy, but if you really dig deep into it, it's not as easy as we think it is. There's a lot of things that we have trouble accepting. If it's something that's easy to accept, well, yeah, sure, it's easy, but certain things, and it could be the most simplest things. You think that you've accepted it, but really, really have you, you know, um, if it still makes us angry, then let's be honest, we have not accepted whatever that is. Um, and it can be tough. There are certain things that I've still, I still have trouble fully accepting, maybe partial things I'm able to accept. But a lot of that comes from, once again, within and how we are the relationship that we have with ourselves. Sometimes what we do is we latch onto other people and we tend to, you know, base our lives, you know, we revolve our, our lives around there, theirs, or our lives, I'm sorry, that's backwards. Our lives revolve around theirs. So for instance, like, let's just say, if you're in a relationship and, you know, an opportunity arises for your significant other. And if you find yourself saying, well, what about us? What about this? You know, sometimes you have to put yourself in check and be like, wait a minute. You know, you have to learn how to be comfortable with yourself and know that let's say if it's a healthy relationship and you guys are giving you're giving your all and they've given their all and there's no reason for anything to be you know questioned then that should not you know go through your head you should be happy for one another um for example you know Another good one is, you know, I always talk about um, narcissistic abuse. So we're going to talk about, you know, let's just use this as an example. Um, being the black sheep of the family, quote, unquote, black sheep, air quotes. Um, as far as that goes, sometimes it can be tough. Sometimes I feel, you know, for myself, I'm going to go ahead and throw use my... Um, myself as an example. Sometimes I do feel that, of course, I'm the least favorite because I have my own special way of thinking. And I am very particular. And let's just say I have the desire to live my own life how I choose to, rather than listening to what other people have to say. And, you know, 
I don't really allow people to dictate how my life should go because at the end of the day, it is my life to live um, and so on and so forth. Well, because I've chosen to live my life that way, I have to be accepting that not a lot of, not everybody will be okay or accepting of how I'm living my life. I have to be okay with that. It's basically something that I have chosen. Now, you know, sometimes it can hurt because I do at times feel that certain things are done purpose, purposefully or purpose on purpose. I don't know. I can't talk. Um, and sometimes I feel that they are a bit malicious, but that's okay. Uh, for example, you know, I have a sister, as you guys know. Sometimes I can tell that, you know, my mom will do things and kind of, you know, make it a point that she is favoring my sister more. Um, and she does it very obviously. So it's not really a... Uh, you know what I mean? It's not very discreet. It's pretty, it's pretty passive aggressive sometimes. But I try not to let it get to me. Of course it hurts. If I did, if I told you guys that it didn't hurt and I didn't care, that's my ego talking. But of course it hurts. But I do have to understand that, you know, um, not every soul is perfect. And I also have to accept that, you know, that's how maybe my mom is dealing with her emotions or possibly she's frustrated with me because she wishes that I would do things the way she wants me to do things. But I can't do that. You know, that's not something that I'm willing to negotiate. And that's that. So instead of creating a tug of war of how things ought to be and, you know, on each other's ends, there's no point. You just have to accept it. And if they are not able to accept, you know, how you choose to live your life, then you just tell them, okay, I accept how you feel. However, it doesn't mean I have to agree with it, which it really doesn't. And at the same time, you know, you have to just be okay with how things are because, you know, if you are choosing not to follow them, this is how they're going to treat you and it is what it is. So holding on to those feelings and just making yourself miserable, those feelings don't serve you. So as hard as it may be, let go of those feelings, know that they're there, accept them. If it means you're trying to dissect it, I'm not saying overthink, but tell yourself, okay, this is what it is. Because if you truly take a step back and you listen 
and observe other people, you can really read them. And you can really see what the intentions behind each act are. People do things out of spite, like malicious things out of spite or because they're hurt or they're trying to get back at somebody. But it doesn't mean we do the same thing. It's hard. Trust me. And I'll explain to you guys some of the fallouts or some of the mishaps that I've had just recently. And I'm still on the journey of trying to get myself in check. So, you know, I am going to use a lot of the examples that are going on in my personal life right now, as you guys know, and how I'm choosing to deal with it, um, you know, now. It's tough. It's tough. And by the way, for those of you guys that are fathers, happy Father's Day because it is Father's Day today. Um, actually, for another half an hour, it's Father's Day. Uh, so, you know, this has kind of been another debate going back and forth. And so I decided that I was going to take this day as a single mom. And everyone, not everybody, but there's a few people that didn't like it. They were just like, you know, you're being bitter or you already had Mother's Day. And, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty funny because even my mom was like, you better tell the boys to greet their dad. And, you know, the dad, the dad, the boys have not heard from their dad in weeks. So it's kind of like, okay, really? And, you know, I was just like, you know, I don't care what anybody has to say. I'm taking this day. You guys can get bitter butter about it. And that's fine. It doesn't matter to me, you know, because at the end of the day, I am playing both roles. You know, it's not one of those things where it's like he does have like half custody or he has visitations. That's not even the case. That's not the case. Like, for the past two years, I have been taking care of these boys and raising them. And I made it a point, and I I was solid about this. I wanted to make sure that I raised them right. My main focus was to, you know, be a great mom. Not just a good mom, but a great mom. I'm still working on it. I'm not perfect. But, you know, when I see my boys and how they are, I know that I did something right because they're very loving, very forgiving, very helpful. You know, as far as being responsible, we're still working on that. I'm still conditioning them, you know, on that. But I'm I'm so proud of them. They're such good boys, you know, and they're so smart and mature. Unfortunately, the maturity came in when you know, everything kind of went down. But, you know, they did greet their father. Um, Their father finally called. And um, their father reached out to me and had told me, okay, I can finally start helping out. Well, you guys are probably going to think I'm a total bitch for this. But, you know, I told them I don't need any help because I've been doing it all on my own for the past two years. And, you know, he told me, stop being a jackass. I told you I was going to help X, Y, Z. Now, I have a reason for why I'm telling him that I don't need anything. 
I am the type of person, now this could be ego again, but I'm working on it. And when that time comes, then that will be, you know. <laughs> but when I told him I don't need anything, I said, hey, if you want to help, then cool. If not, then I'm okay with it too because the boys, I got them covered. Well, I told him that because I don't want him to get the impression that he is supporting them and supporting me. That's not the case. Because with narcissists, that tends to happen. They tend to, you know, portray themselves in this grandiose, um, you know, like picture. They're very important, if you will. And so... I let him know I don't need it, but if you want to help out, great. So after that, when I had said that I had been doing things alone for the past two years, he proceeded to tell me, you are the one that made that choice. For those of you who have listened to my story since day one, you guys realize and understand why that was a big slap in the face for me and why that would cause me to want to, you know, smack him upside the head and ask him if he's insane or if he's an idiot. I'm trying to really watch my language here. Um, I looked at it as like, really? After everything and the trauma that you put me and the boys through, you're going to sit here and act like it was my fault because I left. But my response to it, which I shouldn't have partaken in this childish conversation, I had basically said, you're right. And I'm glad I did. And he said, well, your decisions affected my life. And there we go yet again. We're basically talking about how none of this was his fault. He didn't get into drugs. He didn't do all kinds of crap to almost get his, you know, to almost, you know, if I, if I stayed there, almost get me in trouble. He didn't cheat. He didn't lie. He didn't put his kids through hell. He didn't put me through hell. He didn't traumatize me. All of this crap. It's like he's going to act like he's this perfectly wonderful civilian and this awesome husband who I just got bored with and decided to leave. And how did that make me feel? I'll tell you how that made me feel. I wanted to, I wanted to vomit in my mouth. And I truly wanted to smack him upside his head because I said, I wanted to think, are you retarded? But at the same time, once again, with acceptance, you have to understand and, and be accepting that not everybody will be on the same level of thinking as you. I mean, for some of us, myself included, we are looking at things in a 5D, you know, picture. Whereas people like my ex, he's looking at things as it's not even a 3D. It's like a 1D, if that's even a word. But it's like very shallow thinking, very one-minded, narrow-minded thinking. And it's like, 
once again, you cannot make a narcissist think that they are at fault. It is always that way. You can't change them. You have to accept them, but just wish them well. I mean, I wish him well. I really hope that he gets his head out of his ass and he can actually function like a normal human being. I have my doubts, but hey, you know, I don't wish the worst on him. I just hope that he can get his head out of his ass and we'll see how it goes. But once again, this is where I'm going to talk about not really focusing on the things that don't serve you. Now, if this was about, you know, maybe the beginning of my journey, I would be dwelling on this. Um, you know, am I dwelling on it a little bit? Yes, I probably am because this happened last night and I'm still talking about it. But, you know, it's okay to have it on your chest. It's okay to talk about it and get it out. I talked about this, you know, um, with a good few friends of mine just so I can get it out because I learned this. Look, vent to the right people because when you hold on to that anger, it will, or that anger, that hurt, that irritating feeling, that frustrated feeling, it will fester and you will explode you know, which then sometimes could lead to depression. So it's like whatever you are feeling, you need to find somebody that you trust to talk about it. It's very important, you know. Um, do yourself a favor, you know, let's say, for example, you have that one judgmental aunt or judgmental sister or judgmental mom, judgmental uncle, whoever the case may be. Look, this is not a game where you're trying to win them over or you're trying to convince them otherwise, you're going to get judged no matter what. So do yourself a favor and do not go to those people because you're going to basically shoot yourself in the foot. You need to talk to somebody that is, you know, level-headed, somebody that is not biased, somebody that you honestly can trust with what's going on. Because people that know you know, the other party can have a biased opinion or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, you are the one that's going to make the decision. And what I mean by the decision, it's, you know what I mean? You are the one that's either going to react to it. You are the one that's going to make the decision to either take a step back and just leave it alone and just say it's not worth it. Or you are the one that's going to fight back. So there's quite a bit of things that, you know, you, you can do. Um, and I can't say that things are always going to be perfect because Lord knows with myself, sometimes I, I say, this is a battle I'm going to fight. I'm fighting this battle and, uh, it shouldn't have been a battle that I fought. I'm, I'm still learning, you know, um, I can't say that I'm perfect. I am far from perfect. You know, sometimes I lose my cool and my ego gets the best of me and I'm just like, okay, you know. And I will say this. My ego is basically what I at times feel is my is what protects me and my voice. My ego comes up. It's a shield, you know. And uh, when something happens that I'm not comfortable with, then yes, my ego will come up. Um that's another reason why I stay guarded. I stay and keep to myself a lot of the times because, you know, when you are around people in person, you are absorbing so much energy. You have to be careful. Um, you know, for 
a lot of us empaths, and if you believe you are an empath, you have to be very careful and aware of all of the bad energy that you are picking up. Um, you know, I do believe that I have the ability to, you know, um, not to get too weird on you guys, but I do have the ability to, to some degree, heal people as far as, you know, just giving them advice. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. But you also have to be, you know, like when you're that friend that tries to listen to other people's trauma or to other people's problems, you know, it's like, of course, you feel great when you give them advice and they are like, oh, my God, that just totally felt like the right thing to do. I'm going to take your advice and, hey, you know what, your advice helped. And like, you know, like earlier when I was talking about, you know, um, when people t- when when you tell people that they've made a difference, why wouldn't you want that to be, you know, reciprocated towards you? Why would why wouldn't you want to hear that you've made a difference? Because having a purpose in life is very important. You know, we like to feel you know we like to feel like we have you know. We have contributed to others. We want to feel like, you know, we're doing good deeds. You know, there's a purpose for our lives. But you also have to be careful because you, you know, like, let's say, for example, we all have that one friend that likes to vent, 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 vent. They have, they're in a toxic relationship. They keep talking about how bad their relationship is and how bad their situation is. And they keep talking about, well, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. This time I'm going to leave. And then it's just like, we hear this, we roll our eyes. Sure. You're going to leave, you know? Um, and sometimes it's like, you, you know, you have to really be mindful of the, you know, do you have the mental capacity for all of that? And I believe that we should be respectful of one another, when it comes down to that, like, let's say if your friend is having a bad day, you see your friend is like very stressed out, something happened between you and your significant other at home, and you just want to go and vent. Be mindful before you vent. It's like, I hate to put it this way. But let's say, for example, you see that your friend's trash can is full, but you're about to put your trash in there. They're going to be overload, overloaded with negativity. And that's how, you know, um, I was trying to do this in a reverse um, example, but that's how it is, too. Imagine you, your trash can is full and, you know, you have somebody that's like, oh, yeah, da, 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 you know, trying to tell them, tell you about their problems and they're dumping their trash and you're full trash can. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then it affects your day. It affects your, you know, whether you like want to admit it or whether or not you want to believe it, this happens. When you take on other people's problems, when you're not in the position to, like if you're not mentally, you know, able to do so, it is okay to tell people, hey, pump the brakes. I'm so sorry. Right now, I'm just so drained and... You know, I'm trying to just um, decompress or whatever. You have to be able to set those boundaries. You know, I mean, it goes both ways. Sometimes it's hard because 
hey, if that's your buddy that you always talk to and it's like, you know what, they're always there, but we also have to be mindful of them. So just remember that. <laughs> um, that it can be, it can be rather, it can be rather tough. So, you know, be mindful of other people, but also be mindful of yourself. Be mindful of, you know, um, what you are allowing in your space. If you already know that you've been having a bad day, or if you already know that there's some things that you need to prepare yourself for, you know, instead of don't always don't always offer to pick up that bucket of problems. You know, just be pol- don't be mean about it. Just be polite and just say okay. So, like I said. A lot of this can be tough. It's a learning process. I'm trying to work on it. Sometimes I have to put myself in check. Um, you know, I've had some, I had an exchange of words with my ex. You know, um, I, I guess you could say I'm doing my best to really just set the boundaries. But, you know, I, I am more than certain that I have to pick up that box and kind of look at it through another perspective and and see where that is. But, you know, at the same time, you know, hey, you're guarded, you're guarded. And, you know, again, it is okay to feel a certain way. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be uh, guarded, you know, because... It is your instinct telling you certain things. It's your instinct that's telling you to just, um, you know, take a step back. It's your instinct telling you to just chill for a moment. And sometimes we have a hard time and we beat ourselves up over these things. Like, oh, maybe I should have, you know, maybe I should have taken that phone call. Or, you know, maybe I should, you know, X, Y, Z. There's so many things that we tend to beat ourselves up over over so just give yourself a break from things like that sometimes you need to give yourself a break from people and that's okay basically just you know accept yourself accept how you are and you know certain things people tend to have an influence on like some people will be like, yeah, you shouldn't shut yourself out, but you're not shutting yourself out. You're basically recharging. And or let's say, for example, there's certain things you're not okay with. If you're not okay with it, you're not okay with it. Nobody should be like, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and invade your privacy and invade your personal space and your boundaries. No, absolutely not. Boundaries are very important. So... Learn how to love yourself enough to set those boundaries. That's the best self-care that you can do is set boundaries. And don't let those people cross your boundaries without, you know, without your welcome. Think of them as vampires. You know, they're energy vampires. They can't come in unless you invite them in. So I'll be honest, for the past few months, I have not invited anybody in that I know that's going to be a threat to you know, to uh, basically my well-being. And I'm not saying that anyone's going to kill me, but, you know, I don't feel that if I feel that it's um, going to cause me to either be upset 
or if it's going to be like a bad influence or, um, you know, if I just kind of sense some negative energy, I don't allow them in. Um, and, you know, just to be safe, it's like, I kind of use the mentality of the whole quarantine thing. You know what I mean? You, you keep those boundaries, you stay home, you stay away from people. And, you know, a lot of people may not see it this way, but you get to know yourself a whole lot better. And I did during those times, you know, my boys and I painted and I realized I was like, it was my first time painting. And I was so excited because at first I was like, okay, this is kind of jacked up, but I got better at it. And I found that I am the happiest when I'm able to create things. And um, I'm actually very happy because a lot of the artwork on my wall of my bedroom are, they're all of my artwork, you know? And so later on, it was funny because I was talking to my boys and I said, hey, um, I know this is kind of morbid, but if I ever passed away, would you guys want to keep my artwork? They said, yes. And I was like, oh, I'm so touched, you know? And these are things that I believe are, you know, like things that you leave behind that you created are, you know, priceless. Um, I actually have quite a few pictures. Uh, for those of you that have followed me on Instagram, you'll see those pictures. I actually have a picture of Philip Carlyle and Ann Wheeler. It's like silhouettes from... The Greatest Showman, I have a picture of a cherry blossom tree, I have a picture of a water lily. Um, the water lily is actually very near and dear to my heart because when I actually did the Rick A healing, um, one of the things that I saw during the session was a water lily. And the water lily actually represents rebirth. So, you know, I... Because of what I saw, I hold that very close to me and I wanted to draw a picture or I'm sorry, paint a picture of a water lily. The other one actually is the plumeria and um, there's some bamboo and um, some rocks and a little fountain and there's a dragonfly. I, I thought it was a pretty one and it was an easy one to mimic so I went ahead and and painted that picture. I still have, I have the desire to paint again, um, hopefully in the near future. I'm not sure exactly when I want to paint, but I, you know, I look at these things and I'm just like, you know, these pictures have definitely, or paintings have definitely given me peace. Now, um, I was doing art prior to my divorce. Um, I want to say probably like three months prior to my divorce, I was doing a lot of art work with uh, Prismacolored colored pencils. And um, a lot of them were very dark. Uh, you know, I, I do like horror movies and a lot of and Tim Burton movies. And a lot of them were, you know, inspired by that. And a lot of my artwork was very dark. It really expressed um, a lot of emotions that I was feeling at that time. And... Uh, that's why I actually stopped drawing for a while because I affiliated depression, anxiety, sadness, loneliness with artwork, with doing art. But as it turns out, you know, as I was painting, I found that I was at peace and I loved it. And I was able to do it with my, you know, with my sons. 
my youngest one uh, loves painting. I've helped him out with a few of his Fortnites and his um, Sonic the Hedgehog. And, you know, the room looks pretty cool with it. You know, we've still got a few um, projects to work on. My oldest, we're still trying to get him into it. But if he's not into it, it's okay. Again, acceptance. But, you know, um, as I continue to decorate my home, I, I remember I would decorate um, with what I thought other people would look, you know, I would, I would think about, okay, well, if somebody came over, how would they see my place? I don't want it to look this way or that way. But now I look at it as this is my home. I'm going to design and decorate it the way I feel comfortable with. Basically, this is my safe haven. I talk about this quite a bit, I know. But, um, you know, like with my room, it does not look like a 36-year-old's room. You know, it looks like a teenager's room, possibly, because it has all the artwork. It has, you know, it's got some twinkling lights, the fairy lights. And, you know, I recently put up a divider um, between my bathroom and my bedroom. And, you know, I had a few comments from my mom. She's like, why are you, why are you um, blocking that? I said, well, you know, for me... I I do like the whole Japanese look and at the same time, you know, it's nice to have that barrier there. So I'm not looking at my bathroom. Um and I actually do love the way that it looks and you know, maybe some people would walk in here and be like, "Wow, uh this is too much stuff" or whatever the case may be or wow, this is your room and it's small, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's my room, you know? Um I live in a you know, 900 square foot apartment, and I make do with what I have. And I, you know, at times I do wish I had a bigger place. But you know, I, I, I know that I'm where I need to be right now. And you know, once things open up, things will fall into place. You know, I do believe that. And so I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful for the things that I can do. Um, things that I can provide with my kids because we have more than enough. We have enough. And, you know, that's one thing that we have to continue to tell ourselves and we'll be put, you know, like mentally in a good place. If you feel that you have enough, I'm not saying be complacent. I'm saying, you know, with everything that you have, the resources that you have, you have enough. Trust me, things will fall into place you know, um, things that you've least expected. And uh, once again, I recommend that you guys like listen to some self-guided meditations or, um, you know, the mind reprogramming for sleep that will help, uh, you know, really changing your mindset will help. And, you know, sometimes you, you know, if you truly learn how to manifest things, you, you can really design your life. But you also have to be patient with yourself because everything is a process. So, you know, that goes along with basically, you know, focusing your energy on things that only serve you. It's hard, you know, because like sometimes life will throw you curveballs and give you distractions and you'll be like, I am so happy right now. But then all of a sudden something will happen that'll make you upset or angry. And, you know, this is where we're trying to exercise that, you know, that whole acceptance thing. 
because when you accept it, you can't get mad and, you know, but it's like if you still have a little bit of anger there, then obviously you need to get it out of your system, but just tell yourself, okay, you know, have a visual of that anger in a bottle and you're like, I have to let this out, you know, maybe when you're letting it out, just picture like, I don't know half of it or you know like let's say it's in a measuring cup like you know it's a two cup measuring cup and just picture like maybe like a fourth of it is diminished when you do this you know Um, because let's 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 face it you can't just dump the whole thing out it doesn't work that way but you know sometimes you just need that time or you know um, instead of lashing out on someone I'm not saying that that's always the solution You know, if it's a rational person, you can talk it out. But if it's not a rational person, that this is where you have to take control of that and take your power back. This is where you have to say, okay, you know what? This person is treating me this way because obviously they have something internal going on. They're not happy with themselves and they're lashing out at me. So what I need to do is I need to protect myself from that person because that person is going to continue to be um you know, destructive towards me, because they're not happy. So they don't want me to be happy. So now I need to find a way to, you know, take myself away from that, you know, and that's where, you know, sometimes you need to have like a little mini break, or maybe just not be around that person, period. You know, um, you got to take care of yourself. And people that put you in that position, they're no good for you anyways. If it's a family member, hey, you know what, honestly, do what you what you have to do, um, basically, but stand your guards, keep your boundaries, you know, when you have yes or no questions, there's no emotions be- between or, you know, with yeses or nos, but, you know, you need to set up your boundaries and that's the best thing that you can do. Um, the moment they start getting inappropriate with you, then, you know, you excuse yourself. It's just, you know, I can't say it's just that simple, but it's simple, but it's not, it's not simple for us to do because, you know, we're, we're brought up, especially with certain cultures that we're supposed to follow. And you know what I mean? They're always right. Um, sometimes I wonder, is it really a cultural thing or is it more of a control thing? Makes me wonder. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the whole, um, it is cultural, but it's very controlling. And, you know, as a mom, I'm very careful with what type of things, you know, from my personal upbringing, you know, that I want to actually incorporate um, in raising my sons. Now, there's quite a few things that I've left out. There's quite a few things that I've you know, actually, um, picked up and ran with, but, you know, uh, I, I can't say when people ask me, okay, yeah, I tell them when it comes down to the discipline, I, I can be old school, but, you know, the relationship I have with my boys is, you know, I, I don't want them to, to be fearful of me because, you know, when people are, when children are fearful of their parents, they tend to rebel and they tend to, um, you know, hide things and lie and that's how it is you know um because sometimes some parents are just very stuck in their ways and they are not able to accept things 
So, you know, it's very important for us to even teach our children early on to learn how to be accepting towards things. Like, for example, with my boys, I tell them to be accepting towards their situation, you know, hope for the best, but, you know, don't get so disappointed and, and hurt themselves because, you know, they had, you know, um, their hopes up because it can be very damaging. So it's always good to teach our kids that early on, but we ourselves need to practice that. But I'm going to leave you guys with that because it's about to be midnight and your girl has work in the morning. So be kind to yourself. Let's practice the power of acceptance. Let's, you know, really focus on how we are reacting to things. Let's focus on, you know, understanding and accepting that we cannot control others, how they think, how they feel, how they react, you know, and so just put a big shield up, you know, or just stay away from these people until you can actually find the strength to, you know, stand your ground. But with that being said, go ahead and be kind to yourself. We're going to get through this together and I will talk to you guys if not tomorrow, sometime this week. So have a good night.